the CU 2.0 podcast. Welcome to the CU 2.0 podcast. Your host, Robert McGarvey. Today's podcast special guest, Bill Bynum, CEO of Hope Credit Union, Mississippi. Serves the Deep South, mainly poor people, community development institution. Bynum talks about the purpose of a credit union, what it's here to do. He has very profound ideas on credit unions, on payday loans, payday lenders, pawn shops, the need for regulation. He has a lot of things to say. you want to listen to it. One more thing. Stay tuned to the very end of this podcast so you can hear how to support it. That means buy ads, something you might want to think about doing. Last time we talked, you said something that stuck in my mind, which is that you were going all in on mobile banking because your 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 members, your your community, didn't have home computers to do online banking. Am I, am I remembering that right? That was certainly a big part of the decision, yes. And how has the uh, embrace of, of mobile gone for you? No, we were one of the early financial institutions in, in this part of the country, and certainly in Mississippi, to embrace mobile technology, remote deposit capture, and we did it because so many of our members um, uh, didn't, again, didn't have home computers. Mississippi and the Deep South uh, have one of the highest rates of homes that don't have a landline. Um, and so people are using their cell phones um, for uh, communication. And we thought that it was a great opportunity for us to uh, to use that technology to, to to provide services to our members. It it actually has gone even better than I anticipated. Uh, I thought that it would take longer than it did for people to become comfortable with um, trusting their financial transactions over the phone. Um, but I think that as they saw more people across the country, more commercials, more people using these tools, they, they, they felt that it was um, okay. And so we've seen uh, a steady increase in our members' use of our mobile banking um, tools. They use it for a variety of things, um, mostly to check their balances, which is great because they make better financial decisions. We've seen a decline in our uh, the number of uh, overdrafts um, as our mobile use has gone up. So it's been a good thing for our members to save them money is, um, you know, and make their financial lives more manageable. Now, you recently took over a branch from a uh, bank in Birmingham, Alabama, if my memory is right. We did. Why? Well, we, we've actually um, taken over several bank facilities over the past few years. You know, since the financial crisis in 2007-2008, we've gone from about eight, seven or eight locations to 30 today. Many of those are in places that banks have closed um, facilities, small towns, uh, many of our communities. We are the only bank in those communities. And banks, banks left because typically... Uh, these small communities didn't fit into their business models. They weren't. They were maybe profitable, but they weren't as profitable, perhaps, 
as they would like. But they did leave because the people all of a sudden stopped needing to finance a home, to buy a car, to get you know, loans for um, for emergencies. And so we, we we felt that we had experience in, in serving underserved populations, that we could go into these communities and extend services that help those individuals address their needs. And we've... Um, We've been able to do that. Fortunately, there have been, particularly Regions Bank, they saw that uh, the value in working with Hope to make, to, they, they've donated those facilities to us. They, they, they knew that we were in a better position to serve those communities. Many are rural, small towns, low income, a higher percentage of people of color in those communities. And we have a strong track record of, 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 of providing value to those markets. And so they donated the facilities to us and we were been able to convert those into Hope Credit Union branches and it's been a win for those communities, it's been a win for us and it was a, and it was a good outcome for regions as well. How many members do you have and what would you guess the average family income is? I we have roughly pushing 50,000 members um, and if you look at Three, you know, two and a half, three and a half people per household. You know, we're 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 touching 125 to 150 thousand people every day, and you know, disproportionately, those are low-income people. They don't have the data, but our our average mortgage um, is, you know, our mortgage borrower's income is less than fifty thousand dollars for per household. Now, I suspect that probably uh, the average income is well for that. So that's for someone who's buying a house. You know, we provide uh, hundreds of loans each month to um, people who are getting out of payday loan debt traps or um, trying to make ends meet and who has a financial emergency and need a small dollar loan. And so those are disproportionately going to be lower income individuals. I think 75% of our branches are in census tracts where the poverty level has been over 30%, over 20% for three decades in a row. Deep, entrenched, persistent poverty. And so we we are in low-income, distressed um, communities. How can you stay profitable serving that population? Because as, as you know vastly better than I do, the big banks don't want to have anything to do with that because they, they don't think they can make money. Well, banks are more profitable than they've been any time in history. They're making tons of money. Okay, but not and serving they, that population. Well, they were making money in those markets, but they just weren't making as much as they want to make. You know, Mississippi is a rural, low-income state predominantly. So is Alabama and Louisiana. And you know, nobody can tell me that banks in these rural towns are doing it because they're not making money. So they're making money. Community banks are making money. They're not serving the entire community. Uh, the large mega banks, their business model doesn't um, take them to small rural towns to, uh, to communities of color disproportionately. Uh, but these people need financial services. Um, payday lenders and check cashers, uh, pawn shops, they're making money hand over fist, uh, charging these people rates that should be criminal. And so there's, 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 there's a reasonable amount of profit to be made. As a credit union, I think our model is, is superior because we use the revenue that we generate.
um, provide uh, lower rates on loans and higher rates on deposits. And so we don't uh, take the profits and then hand them off to a handful of wealthy shareholders. Our members are our shareholders. And so that's, I think the business model is what allows us to do what we do. And certainly it, it's appropriate that credit unions are tax exempt. You know, we pay taxes, but we don't, you know, we don't property taxes, but we are, uh, we, we are tax exempt and that allows us to, it uh, helps our bottom line. And we also have a structure uh, where we have a nonprofit organization, um, the Hope Enterprise Corporation, can raise grants that allow us to reach deeper. You know, we don't have the marketing budget that the mega banks have. And so we, we have strategies where we have staff that go out and meet with local organizations, nonprofit churches, businesses, make sure that they're aware of our services and develop partnerships with those groups so that together we can improve conditions in, in, their, in, in, in the communities that we both serve. Wow, I'm simplifying, but in my mind, credit unions began in the United States to serve a population that the banks of the time did not want to serve. Factory workers, for instance, uh, tax, right. taxi drivers. It's you know, working people, but they weren't high-class working people. And credit unions popped up to serve them, and uh, mainly to make loans, home loans, car loans, that kind of stuff. It, it seems to me a community development credit union such as yours is doing that traditional credit union mission. I'm not sure all credit unions still are following that mission. You know, I, unfortunately, I think that's true. I think community development credit unions are, are clearly focused on serving uh, individuals and communities that are disproportionately underserved by other financial institutions, including many traditional credit unions. Uh, credit unions were started, you know, with many of the credit unions that we have merged with over the years have been small credit unions that were started as a response to uh, predatory lending and lack of access to financial services for disenfranchised uh, populations. Uh, we merged with a credit union in East Mississippi that was started by uh, timber workers, um, people in the woodworking industry, and the timber mills charged them uh, exorbitant rates for their uh, equipment and, and inventory and, and, and services. And so the workers pooled, their, pooled together and started their own uh, financial institution. Um, uh, we've, now, that is the history of credit unions. Um, uh, the community development credit unions take that very seriously, and we certainly have uh, that's at the core of our mission at Hope. Why aren't there more community development credit unions? You know, I, I think there are a lot that are doing good work. I think one of the challenges is that we um, are not in a position to go out and sell stocks um, uh, and the way that banks do to, to raise capital, regulatory capital. We have grown dramatically since the financial crisis, as I mentioned earlier. We've been one of the fastest growing credit unions in the country, both by rate of member growth and rate of asset growth. Uh, supporting that growth requires that we have capital to um, you know, keep the regulators uh, satisfied and to um, protect our depositors. Um, typically, credit unions grow their net worth in a much more, a much slower, more organic way through retained earnings. Um, and but if we are growing rapidly, then 
Someone has to do it, and you're doing it. Self-help is doing it. There are a number of other community development credit unions, but it's not common. 
Yeah, I, I, I think um, I, I think they need to step back and think about what they were created to do, why they have a tax exemption. Um, I, 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 quite frankly, am, you know, again, I'm, I'm on uh, differ from many of my credit union peers uh, when it comes to Community Reinvestment Act. I think, you know, I don't see any reasons why credit unions should be afraid of reporting on what we do to reinvest in our community. You know, so I think that's another way to distinguish credit unions from traditional banks. I, I think um, I, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know what it will take for credit unions to to do a better job of embracing the unique role that we play. But um, I certainly hope we do. Now, when you talk with credit union peers, what do they think? Do they think you're just uh, a, a wide-eyed revolutionary? That you know, I have no idea. I, I've heard that you know. Um, People write our epitaph, um, you know, our eulogy a long time ago. Um, but we're in our 25th year now, and we're growing. And so I, I think um, I think it would behoove credit unions to, to to look at what we're doing well, you know, and try to emulate it because we are, you know, the country is becoming more diverse. We um, the, the communities we serve are increasingly becoming the majority, and we have to be relevant and to those populations. And, and they, you know, financial institutions, credit unions included, ignore them at their own peril. Well, I think also we see more economic stratification in America, regardless of race, regardless of color, regardless of nationality. Uh, it's just a whole lot more people who don't have a lot of money anymore. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, we, we, we have too many people looking on the outside of the economy looking in, and that doesn't serve any of us well. You know, I, I think we um, strengthen our communities. You know, we lay the groundwork for a better future for ourselves and our families if we ensure that everyone has the tools needed to climb the economic ladder. And I don't care if your priorities are national defense or health care, education, or housing. At some point, that requires financial tools. And I think credit unions, particularly community development credit unions, are best equipped to connect those tools to the communities that need it most. What what products do your members most use? Uh, again, we do a lot of small dollar loans. Um, our mortgage um, lending has increased dramatically in recent years. Uh, Eighty plus percent of our of our mortgages are to first time home buyers. Oh wow! Um, yeah, we we are doing more um, and more um, business loans in a range of sectors, um, whether it's School facilities, healthcare, uh, community health centers, uh, rural hospitals. Um, you know, we, we we have a broad range of, of of services and sectors that we address. Um, but as, as with any credit union, our, our consumer loans, um, uh, loans to individuals for um, small dollar needs, for emergencies, for for homes. Uh, I mean, excuse me, for cars, you know, used cars, <laughs> you know, uh, often. Um, yeah, you've got a 
that's another area where you see financial predators taking advantage of vulnerable populations on auto lending. So we, we provide fairly priced responsible auto loans. So we, we, we there's not a there's not an area where we don't see a need um, that um, um, we feel like we're not equipped to address. How do you make money on a, a small dollar payday type loan? Oh, we try to. We, we see it as as a entry, as a gateway um, relationship. You know, we um, you know people have been paying. You know, you take out a two hundred dollar loan from a payday lender, and next thing you know, you owe two thousand dollars. Well, we'll refinance that two thousand dollar loan at a reasonable rate, amortize it out, and then get that individual into a banking relationship that, that they can that they can help them as they grow. Because they ultimately, you know, maybe they'll buy a car. Maybe they'll climb, be in a position where they can become a homeowner. And so it's 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 not a single transaction. We don't look at it as a single transaction. We look at it as a part of a relationship. What kind of rate do you typically charge? For probably 16 percent or so, 16, 18 percent for a small dollar loan. It's you know sometimes it's less. We we have a very um, a, a very cool product that many of our uh, members use. Um, it's called Borrow and Save. They, uh, if you need a a $250 loan, uh, we'll provide you a $500 loan, and $250 that goes into a savings account. Um, if you've been you've been repaying that uh, higher rate at a payday lender, but you know, so you get a 16% loan from Hope. Uh, you repay that $500, but when you repay it, you've got $250 in a savings account that is there for you to tap when you have that next emergency. And you now have a relationship with a depository that will help you meet your needs. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. You know, you've got in rural areas, in, in the Mississippi Delta, the um, um, I was talking with the um, owner of a convenience store um, chain, and he said that 80% of their transactions are done in cash. But when he talks to his his convenience store peers across the country, 80% of their transactions are done in plastic. And so we have a cash economy, people who are disproportionately unbanked outside the financial system. He also told me that people will come into their stores and get a money order on when they get paid. You know, So you say you get paid $300, you'll get a you'll go into the convenience store with your check, you get a money order for $200, you have $100 in cash, and then in a few weeks later, you'll come back and take that money order and cash it and get another $100, and you have $100 in money order. That's a very expensive way to conduct your banking. <laughs> it's a very unsafe way to conduct your banking, and so, you know, there, there's, there's just it's just um, unacceptable that people who are the most vulnerable in society uh, have to pay the most, have to take the most risk in conducting basic financial transactions. And so we, you know, you ask about the, you know, how do we do it and make money? Well, we, 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 we do it to break even. We, we, make, we, we provide hundreds of accounts for children. You know, the first savings account, you know, they'll come in, and you know, take money from the piggy bank and walk up to our teller and make an account, make a deposit. Well, now they're member owners of their own financial institution, and they have a very different relationship 
with the with the financial system than their parents had, many of whom were using petty lenders as check cashers. Often we'll see the parents um, open an account because the children now have an account and they want to be a better role model. They want to be able to discuss um, their statement with their kids. And so it is, it, 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 it's a much more, um, you know, th these kinds of transactions are not things that a traditional financial institution will do, but it's at the heart of our mission. Our mission is not making as much money as we can. Our money is, our mission is improving lives for people in some of the most distressed places in this country. That's, you know, we, we talked about this. That's the credit union mission in America was making loans so people could buy houses. It's a, making loans to co-workers, basically. It's uh, yep. in, in the factory. And it's not that this was a better loan than the bank wanted to make. The bank didn't want to make the loan. Uh, I, I have to agree with you. <laughs> and you're, you're still trying to do it, which is a great thing. Well, appreciate it. It's always good to talk with you. Thanks for your interest in our work. And um, keep, 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 keep spreading the credit union gospel. Before we go, the CU 2.0 podcast is looking for a few good sponsors to help us spread the word about the digital transformation of credit unions. You could be one of them. Contact Robert McGarvey for details at rjmcgarvey at gmail.com. First home, first serve. Again, that's rjmcgarvey at gmail.com. The CU 2.0 Podcast.